It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoons, Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. It's Book Club Friday. Margaret Madden's with us after two. We're reviewing. We have guest reviewers from some of you out there who are joining us as well. And we have our brilliant gift pack of books to give away. I'll tell you more about that later on. Ah, Sonny Knowles, he passed away yesterday. Would you believe I interviewed him here on Late Lunch back in 2010? And thank God I have the entire interview. And we're going to let you hear some of that later on in the show. Teddy Caffrey's here from the Mid Loud Camera Club as well. Their biannual exhibition opening this evening in Dunlear. First up, though, it's one of our regulars. And we are starting with something that's on everybody's lips who's travelling at the moment. Sandra Finnegan is here from Globe Travel. Sandra, you're very welcome again. Good afternoon, Jerry. Good to be here. Ryan Air Baggage. Let's Mm. just begin with that one and throw it out there. And by the way, if you're listening today and you've been affected by this over recent weeks, since this came in on the 1st of November, travelling, we'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp. The WhatsApp is open there. WhatsApp is your message there. It's free or text as well. Sandra, what is happening? Will you explain, please? Okay. well, Ryanair have changed their booking policy in relation to their baggage. So normally people would go in and just book their standard booking and go in later on and add in their extras, i.e. seats, priority board and fast track and bags. And my advice to anybody when you make a booking now, bundle all those things together and get them done. Because normally there was a free reign on getting priority boarding. There was normally no problem. Now they've restricted the number of priority boarding passes per flight. And the reason why they've done that is if you have priority boarding, you can take your 10 kg cabin bag with you um, and you pay six euro for priority boarding. If you don't have priority boarding, they charge you for taking your cabin bag, which is eight euro, which is an increase of a margin of two euro for Ryanair. So it's all a commercial policy. So that, that just coming back on that eight euro, that eight euro that you're talking about there, you must pay that at booking stage as well. Isn't you it? must pay that at booking stage. If you go back, if you if priority is not available, and it is very limited, Jerry, and we're finding that for the last couple of weeks, you know, I'd say forty percent of our bookings we can't get priority boarding on. So that's the message today. If you don't get the priority at six, pay the eight. Because what will happen if you arrive at the gate with a bag and you haven't done this? They will charge you a full baggage charge. So whether it's 40 or 50 euro, depending on the route, or 35 euro. 
So each route has a different price. So you'll the be UK hit could with be 25 this. and Europe could be 35. You'll be hit with this. This you'll is pay. You'll have no option. You'll have to take it. Or otherwise, leave your bag at Dublin Airport or any other uh, Ryanair airport. Can I bring anything onto a flight with Ryanair with no charge? Bring your handbag no or your man bag, Jerry. That's it. A very small one. I don't have one. a man bag. Yeah, so yeah. I'll have to invest in one of yeah. those. Maria. Yeah, but in relation to the normal 10 kg bag that we've all become accustomed mm. to travelling with because we don't want to pay 70 or 80 euro, in some cases it's more convenient now to check a bag through. So if I pay the eight and I have that size of a bag, it now has to go into the hold of the aircraft. Which delays your whole travel itinerary. So if you're heading off, as you said earlier, Jerry, to a match and, you know, you're flying in on a Saturday morning and you're heading to Luton to see Arsenal mm. or whatever, and you're against the clock for time, you're going to be delayed. You're going to have to go to the baggage carousel and pick up your bag. And when I go to Dublin Airport on that morning to fly in an early morning flight, must I go to the Ryanair desk? You must go to the check-in desk and give my bag and hand in your bag if you do not have priority boarding. If you don't have priority boarding. So if you've paid that €8, Euro, you have to go there. Exactly. Now, so it'd be sensible to get the priority boarding. Here's the thing. I am going to Luton at the start mm. of December to see Arsenal. You must be reading my mind. Mm. But it's booked a while ago. But I normally bring a little rucksack with okay. me just for the overnight Bookings stay. made previous to the 1st of November are fine. You probably will already have had a KG bag included in it. Okay. And if you go in and print your boarding pass, it will tell you on the boarding pass whether you can have the 10 kg bag. Now, Sandra, Ryanair is saying this is speeding up the procedures. I'm reading the latest today. It's speeding up the profit margin, Jerry. That's what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Because naturally, if you have to go and leave a bag in in Dublin and queue for that at that end, and it has to go in, and then you fly across to wherever you're going to be at the UK, you have to wait at a carousel over there. I'd say the process that it's speeding up is a boarding process. So you know yourself when you're on a flight, Jerry. there could be somebody ahead of you and they could have a baby bag and they could have two carry-on bags and a child could have a bag. A lot of people can carry more than one bag. Mm. And some bags are much... Ryanair are strict in the side. They have the little box outside and they check it. But that will speed up the boarding process for them if there's less cabin bag. And, you know, they turn around an aircraft in 35 minutes. Mm. So in future, with my little rucksack for the overnight stay, I now have to either get priority boarding, I'll pay eight euro and put that little small bag that could sit on my feet on the aircraft. So when you're booking, book all your bundle together, book your seat and your priority boarding and you're covered. Now, they've given a moratorium because there's obviously teething problems with this. I've seen, I've just been reading about in the UK today where they've decided to waive that charge until the 1st of December. But they are now telling everybody they wanted to bring it in the 1st of November that after the uh, 1st of December, there will be no moratorium on this. Probably one of the busiest months of the year, Jerry. Christmas and all the travellers. And all the people coming with gifts and presents and fragile items that don't want to put them through a check bag. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you go to an airport with a fragile product and you're not prepared, to put it through Mm. a baggage carousel the likelihood is it's going to arrive smashed Is this bad news for It's bad news for the traveller Yeah Mm. and that's my assessment Ryanair are not making anything more convenient for the traveller Ryanair are making things more convenient for themselves in turning around an aircraft to getting departure and arrival on time and that's something we all want Mm. but it is also um, increasing revenue no, I do understand. I've watched in recent times travelling. A lot of people do take the you-know-what with bags carrying Absolutely. them onto the plane. And, and you know, people have to take responsibility for that as well. But at the end of the day, right, Ryanair are bringing this in. What about Aer Lingus? Does this charge exist with Aer Lingus? Look, you know, 
years ago, Erlingers didn't charge for seats and bags and they just follow pursuit. You know, the UK, the US carriers, uh, the dot coms, JetBlue, all of those charge that. A lot of the European carriers, uh, EasyJet, all of those, Blueair, Wearwear, they all charge it. Ryanair is the pioneer of it. And of course, if Erlingus can make more money, they'll do exactly they, the same. They, they may follow suit on this. So not good news for the traveller. And please do take note of this because they're not people you'll argue with. I've seen this Absolutely with them before. Not. And that's why, Jerry, when we sell a product and if Ryanair or one of these carriers are in the product, we always incorporate the seat and the baggage charge to ensure passengers don't have a difficulty. I'm just thinking here, we went a couple of years ago with a crew from LMFM here to see Arsenal and Manchester United in Old Trafford. And Frank Winters, I want to mention Frank today day on the show because I think we'll all be doing what Frank did. All he brought to London, actually it was London we went to see Arsenal Manchester United, was a toothbrush in his pocket. I think Frank you'll be okay with the new charges. No problem. <laughs> You're the only one that will. Anyway, let's move on. Not good news to start, but we're going to bring you brighter news on offers and what's going on around the place if you're considering breaks in the short, medium or long term. Sandra, does Black Friday, which is the 23rd of November, apply in your game? Absolutely, Jerry. There's some really good offers out there. Some of the ski companies today have made huge reductions on their skis and they've extended it until Monday and they have up to €150 off per person. Really? Which is a really good save and in some cases it can almost pay for a ski pack. Isn't that great? So, so there are offers there out there. There is some Check offers out, out there. Yeah. Really, really good offers. We have some offers that we've put together for Christmas gift ideas. Okay, talk about and those. And they're exclusive yeah. to that because people, as you know, you're wondering what am I going to buy your loved one, your older children. At Liverpool on the 12th of December, uh, if you need to want to go do a bit of shopping, flights and accommodation, €145. Euro. How many get, nights is that That's for? for one night. But you'll get it all done in that absolutely. one night over there. Yeah. God, that is so cost yeah. effective, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you won't need a visa this at this time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, then as a Christmas gift idea, Madrid, one of my favourite cities for two nights in a three-star hotel, €185, Euro, Jerry, based on two sharing. That's flights and two nights accommodation. That's a steal so at that, that price, nice isn't it? If you Miriam? haven't been yeah, to Madrid, yeah, a beautiful, yeah. beautiful city yeah, as absolutely. well. Absolutely. And maybe try and get a match in as well. Yeah. Uh, Prague as well, 25th of March. So give you a bit of time to save after Christmas. Three nights in a four star hotel, 230 euro. So fabulous value. For lovely money. city because friends of her uh, have been there just recently yeah. for the Christmas markets. Really loved it. Beautiful. Absolutely yeah. stunning. Or if you're looking for a bit of heat on your bones, Jerry, after Christmas. Like uh, that. Absolutely. 6th of January for seven nights in Lanzarote, 375 euro. Gran Canaria, 4.49, or the beautiful island of Malta on the 10th of January for 2.90. And you will get sun on your back. Those You'll destinations get sun there. Sun on your bones, Jerry, unless the weather goes a little bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> so those offers are all there coming up to Christmas. You know, coming to Christmas as well, people often wonder, what do I buy somebody? This perplexes an awful lot of people. Should they have everything? I don't know what to do. A, a, a travel voucher. A travel voucher, or uh, it's amazing, Santi emails us quite often looking for Christmas gift ideas for the children and uh, Disneyland is one of the ones that really he loves to get those vouchers posted to North Pole. So a lot of families have that on the list. Well, that is a good suggestion. There's a question coming for you. I'll take it just at the interjection to what we're talking about. Honeymoon, Sandra, next September, please, a destination that would really make it all so special. Message for you there, just coming in. Okay, Honeymoon, de- September. Okay, depending on how far you want to travel. Let's say far is no limit, wherever you want to go. 
um, maybe into Asia, into Thailand, um, going into Vietnam also, maybe taking in a cruise from there, uh, in, down into direct flights into Hong Kong. Uh, and then onwards from there. Or if you want to go the opposite direction, westbound, you could maybe do San Francisco and Vegas, San Francisco, LA and Vegas, or San Francisco and out to the Hawaiian Islands. Okay, so a couple of different options there. Yeah. If distance is, is no problem to you. It's a nice time of the year you have your honeymoon as well. So there are lots of options there. You've got the there. whole summer. Yeah, absolutely, to, to decide there. So Christmas gifts, does any amount of this covering sporting, skiing, into next year with family holidays? Yeah, the absolutely. Works. And for people who are still want to get that hand deliver that letter to Santa Lapland is still available uh, it's a day trip on the 15th of December two adults and one child is at 1630 and that's money it, it, it's big money I, I know you, but the investing this in woman says you'll never spend anything like it because you'll remember forever and ever anything else on, on the agenda yeah uh, ski coming in Jerry in January uh, 466 uh, flights, accommodation, transfers in a four-star hotel and bed and breakfast. Right, so skiing now really taking off really, from Christmas really, really on and in, into the early part of next uh, year. And probably one of the top destinations as a short break that's been on everybody's bucket list for the last 18 months is Iceland. And it's it's a wish list for everybody. Uh, you know, there's so much to just see, see and do when you get there. And prices starting at about 6.50 per person. Okay. And that's three nights, flights, accommodation, including tours of the Blue Lagoon, the Northern Lights and including transfers. And what time of the year is that? For? That's for March. OK, and the year picking up there at that stage, I yeah, take absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. and daylight hours. Brexit, I have to ask you this as well, because we were talking about it yesterday in Trim to a lot of other businesses in the food sector, etc. Are you concerned from your point of view? Absolutely, commercial because a lot of my customers are in that industry and it's the unknown, Jerry. because none of us seem to know. We can watch every newsroom and mm. ever and there doesn't seem to be any solution, I suppose, until this vote takes place at the week, next week, you know, what are we going to know? I'm... I'm scared because of the unknown. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, we watch this space. Another yeah. business and sector affected big time by this. Now, Copenhagen, um, I suppose uh, the Little Mermaid is the symbol of the Absolutely. city, etc. Yeah. What about Copenhagen as a destination for a break, a holiday? 12 months of the year it has something to offer Jerry. it's absolutely magical at uh, this time of the year probably one of the most stunning Christmas markets take place in the Tivoli Gardens it's absolutely beautiful the Tivoli Gardens and the Royal Palace are side by side a beautiful clean one of the safest cities I've ever been in and felt so comfortable in it is expensive uh, so going to the Carlsberg factory and having a couple of beers there is probably do the, the trip. Do the trip, yeah. <laughs> it's the cheapest point it's, you'll get. Yeah, it's definitely the cheapest point you'll get. Right. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful city. Summer and winter, as I said, the Tivoli Gardens bloom through spring and summer and in the winter time the stalls are absolutely stunning. Um, the longest pedestrian street in the in Europe, Strogadet, with amazing restaurants, shops and bars. I was looking at it this morning and it really does get rave reviews. You mentioned Tivoli Gardens there, some place. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. I had um, two fantastic days in it and I would go back and I would encourage anybody, even if, you, if you're not a sun worshipper during the summer and you want something a little bit different, it's a fantastic city to take the children to. And you can hop on the train and go visit Legoland from there as well. Mm. So and you're right beside, I know Malmo, I was in Malmo. Malmo, yeah, and you can you take the ferry over. It's close, yeah, it's close by beautiful. as well. So there's a lot of options from it as well. 
What about accommodation, hotels? Accommodation prices are, are relatively reasonable. Uh, they're not as they're not as inexpensive as Madrid or Prague, but they're certainly much cheaper than Dublin prices. And where would you go for in the city if you were looking for a well-appointed hotel? I would go somewhere in the Rialto area, close to Tivoli, Tivoli Rialto. Anything within two kilometres from the city is walking distance. It's all on the flat. Time flight-wise from Dublin? Uh, two hours, 20. Uh, serviced by Aer Lingus, Ryanair and Scandinavian Airlines. So there's plenty of connections yes, to it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All year round. All year round. You have to change your currency. Well, that's if you don't... You can go with plastic and just walk away, but it's the yeah. krona, isn't it? It's the krona, the Danish krona. Yeah, and I was just looking. I think there's eight of them to the euro eight today, the euro, but that yeah. can sort of sort of fluctuate a bit. So any time of the year... What if you were going there and said, I want to get a good feel for the city in a short break? How many nights? I would say three nights is plenty, Jerry. Would be plenty there for yeah, you, would Yeah, it? you can get an yeah. early flight out and come back in the early evening. Okay. And uh, the um, the whole uh, feel of the place, as you say... It's safe, it's spotlessly clean. Uh, the people are very like the Irish, very friendly, very welcoming. Great pubs, great restaurants, uh, lovely shopping. Not that you would do too much shopping because it is costly, mm. but it's beautiful, full of character. And as I said, extremely safe. So Copenhagen gets the thumbs up from Sandra Finnegan on late lunch this afternoon and plenty of options available there. And a typical uh, three night break, Jerry, in March, you're looking at 329. Great stuff. Lovely. So that's that's the, the lowdown on Copenhagen. We're going to leave it there, Sandra, for today. If you want to get in touch with Sandra or the crew at Globe Travel, they're always available to talk to you. 041 983 0491 041 or globetravel.ie is the website. Thank you so much. Happy holidays Thanks, and sure. breaks. See you in December, Sandra. Thank you. Take care. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100. I love this Friday of the month and especially when this lady comes calling because it is Late Lunch Book Club and the woman who does all the great work here every month is with us again, Margaret Madden. It's really good to see you. Great to be back again. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. And I will tell you, we have some listeners lined up. Elma McMahon, Geraldine Kelly and Barbara Gleeson will be reviewing In the Court's Hands by Fiona Gartland. See, we've thrown it out to listeners this month and that's coming up after the first break uh, with Margaret. Your book of the month, please. It's titled this month. Uh, my book of the month for November is By Royal Appointment by A. O'Connor. Andrew O'Connor, who yeah. sat here with you and me. It's a few months ago, isn't it? He was yeah. in the studio. You love this guy, don't you? I do. I think he's got the most amazing way of just bringing historical fiction to life, but in a in a way that it's oh, it's so pleasurable. It, it's um, here's my word again. It's not at all arsy. It's, <laughs> if you know, if you like things like Downton Abbey and The Crown, all that historical fiction, but has um, it has real facts blended in it, but but then yes. some craziness thrown in there yeah, too. And the real facts are that Bertie he would become King Edward the Seventh, mm-hmm. uh, son of the famous Queen Victoria and her husband Albert, is sent to Ireland. He is. He's dispatched. Um, oh, see know? that word, yeah, dispatched. Yeah, you know, he he. They really tried their best with him to make him this this um, very clever, and and they had him down for 
schooling and constant monitoring from the time he was about three. And um, But he, he just wasn't that kind of guy. He was a bit of a messer and they thought they might send him off uh, to do a little bit of work in the military over to the over to the Curra. In Kildare. Yeah. At a time as well, we have to say, that when Irish republicanism was on the rise, Victoria Star was on the wane here mm-hmm. in Ireland, they thought he'd do a bit of reparation. Hey, tell me this, was Dublin such a debauched city in those days? Well, I mean, they I think they wanted to kind of rest the reputation of the monarchy and they thought mm. the best way to do that was to try and groom him and uh, it was probably the wrong place to send him. Dublin, out. I was just reading at yeah. the time, oh my word, you talk about other places on the planet. It really was a place, well, if you had the money and you were in the uh, the sphere of influence, yeah. it, it was certainly a place you could enjoy yourself. But you were also in, in the midst of revolution yeah. and, you know, um, there was all the talk about France and, and what was happening over there. So by sending him into the military and putting him in Dare rather than Dublin. Um, it was probably what, what they thought was the best thing to do. But yet he made it to the city and he met this lady called Nellie Clifton. Well, yes, he he. Well, he was based in 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 Kildare, but was brought up to to a couple of parties, mm. and this is where Nellie arrives. Now, in this, they she's called an actress, um, but basically she's. Uh, a high class hooker really mm. let's be honest and mm. uh, he just totally fell for her and before long um, she's been um, snuck into the barracks and brought up to his room and in his diaries there's entries of um, where he's written and in real life in his diaries it's written NC uh, first night then NC second night and you know and there were many nights yeah yeah and this lady was a scarlet lady, you would call her, I suppose, at the a time. A woman. <laughs> yes, and yeah. uh, he fell for her. He, he was in love with this woman. Yeah, but she fell for him too. Yeah. In this book now, I'm, I'm basically, you know, this is kind of where Andrew um, uses a broad brush and puts, mm. uh, imagines a story of, of what Nellie was feeling. And she did. She fell from big time. But he, he just didn't have very much sense. He didn't try to hide her very well. He, he starts bringing her out for dinners in Dublin, in public, and touching her hand, which is almost my God, you can't do that in public. You know, he is, um, he is the Prince of Wales. Heir to the throne yeah. of, uh, and which he did succeed to eventually. But the word got back to the mother and father and it started to resonate around Europe in the royal houses yeah. and suddenly there was a massive scandal. There was because they, they this was not part of the plan. This was not part of the big picture and there is no way that a prince that has been known to have relations with um, a wanton woman could expect to be matched up with a royal connection in Europe, which is what... Victoria and Albert are are, th- are currently trying to do mm. and they have they've picked someone they have um, picked who would go on to be his wife Queen El- uh, Princess Alexandra from Denmark mm. yeah and I mean <laughs> they had to intervene so they, they, they pulled to, him back he was quick smart went, went back to London and but what happens to, to Nelly indeed. you know so. uh, anyway you'll just have to buy the book and it's intriguing it's brilliantly written <laughs> Andrew O'Connor has done done a marvellous job on this yeah. and it is Margaret Madden's Book of the Month. It is, definitely. For November and Late Lunch Book Club by Royal Appointment by Andrew O'Connor. Let's move on. Next one you've picked to recommend today. Um, is The Flight of the Wren by Orla McAlinden. And it actually has a bit of a link in it in that um, the, the real Nellie Clifton we're not 100% sure of, but they, they do, historical records mention her name as being one of the Wrens. So I don't know whether you've had a look into this. Yes, I did. Yeah, I go have. ahead. So I you tell have us, had a look Tell into this. the listeners what Be- a Wren is. Yeah, yeah, but a Wren, these were these group of women who didn't, look, 
this lady you're, you're talking about here, uh, the, the young girl involved in this, uh, her mother and father have died and mm-hmm. it's famine times in Ireland and she's lying on their grave. And what is she, 14, is it? Yeah, yeah, she's, she's really only just yeah, turning the main to that character. cusp of womanhood. Yeah. And she decides to go into the town to, to where there are barracks, there are army barracks and that, to look for some work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in all honesty, work in honesty. But there is work. There is, but the only work available is to become, um, again, uh, a prostitute. Which is funny enough linked back to Andrew's book as well. You're right there, there is the connection. So these Wrens are a group of independent women who don't want to be involved in this at all. Well, they don't really have a choice. You mm. know, it's that or die. Yeah. So they basically just make their lives in these uh, gorse bushes around the car yes. and they service the men in return for money. Mm. Um, but they're, they're their own little community as well. Um, mm. And in, in majority of the cases, they have each other's backs. Yes. But it, Sally Mahan is the character in this and, and she's so young and vulnerable, but she can also see that this is not the life she wants. Mm. And one of the best ways to get out of it is transportation yeah. and to you don't have to do much to be stuck on a on a, a ship yes. heading for Australia at the mm. time you it, what what they tried what they the women decide to do is just burn um some hay and they get caught doing this which is what they want yes um, because that's a way of, of being put on one of these ships over to transported uh, Tasmania. you've done something wrong you're going to be yeah. sent out of Ireland and you'll never come back again which is the case in this this yeah. young girl doesn't come back but she makes her way there oh she does and the, and, and the majority of the book is um, you see it, it, the book starts with a, an older woman who's dying and is kind of talking through the story to her in, granddaughter in Tasmania yes well Australasia in, I can't remember the name of the actual yes. town and um so you get the full journey on that ship and mm. oh my God, I was actually feeling queasy as I was reading it. I mean, there's just phenomenal hardship mm. on those ships and this is a big gang of women, but they're, you know, it, it, they're left to kind of look after themselves, but with minimal, minimum mm. food, water, shelter. But it was Hobson's choice. They either stayed as that Wren group mm. and, and did what they did for the men, not directly living in in, in the central town there on the car, no. or they opted to go where they yeah, went for a better life. Yeah, in the hope that at the end of their sentence that they would have a better life. Yes. At least it'd be warmer anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this this is a wonderful book, I have to yeah. say. And uh, it's author. Oh my God, she's been, uh, this lady has been decorated before, hasn't she, previously? Yeah, she came first on... Mm. Orla you know, McAlinden. In 2016, she, she I think it is, she won the she um, Irish Book Awards for her she short story. Um, I've read her collection and it's absolutely amazing. Um, the Accidental Wife, and she just has a beautiful voice. She's from Northern Ireland and um, she just writes historical fiction so well yes. and the research that has gone into this. But as I said, there is a little link because Nellie um, in Andrew's book, um, as we believe, was yeah, a Wren as well. Interesting yeah. that you you picked up on that also. Mm. You loved it. I Again, did. you really yeah. did. Now, it's... Um, it should, it's available in, in all good bookshops, but if not, go into any of your bookshops or your library and they'll order it for you. Mm. The Flight of the Wren. Historical fish, Fiction by Orla McElinden. Highly recommended. Picked by Margaret Madden as one of other picks this month on Late Lunch Book Club. And just before we head to our break, and we'll be coming back with the listeners' reviews of In the Court's Hands by Fiona Gartland. You picked another one for me and I want to read this <laughs> book after you picked it and I've had a look at it. Hotel Babylon. Yeah, well, you like a classic every month. So I had to just keep that going. So it's not that old, you know. Yeah. But um, the Hotel Babylon is basically a fictionalised 24 hours in the life uh, um, of a five-star hotel in London. 
but it's based on facts over kind of a, a 10 year period in these hotels that the yes. author has worked with an anonymous guy and got all the details. Well, can, I, can, can, can I give you a few yeah. teasers from it? Yeah. Lavish drug parties, gorgeous call girls, naked guests falling out of windows, £9,000 bottles of wine, astronomical porn phone bills. Need I say any more? No, it just keeps going on. Like on literally every on. page has something. Yeah, It is incredible. And let me tell you this. Uh, I read a review from a guy who is a hotel worker as mm. well and it said, the book is great for a little bit of insight into the behind the scenes things hotel workers encounter. As someone who works in the hospitality industry, some of the stories were pretty reminiscent of things I've seen and heard myself. Yeah, I mean, I, I have been to a couple of these hotels. I worked for an airline and was put up in yeah. them. And, and you could see, as you're reading this, you can see how this is more than likely going on in the background. Yeah. Very, it's very funny. It's very light. It's not at all. It doesn't require any concentration. Every yes. page turn has something where you just giggle really through the whole thing and go, oh my gosh, what the hell? I, this, this must happen still. You know, yeah. it is. Uh, mm. this is going back 15 years or so. Yes. Yeah. Worth digging out, worth looking at again, worth reading, recommended by Margaret Madden, Hotel Babylon. Short break on late lunch. And then it's over to you, the listeners. Yes, we have some of them with us this afternoon to review In the Court Hands by Fiona Gartland. Book Club Friday on late lunch. Would you like to win the gift pack? Six brilliant books here. In the Court Hands, we're going to talk about it in a moment by Fiona Gartland is there. Becoming Belle Nula O'Connor, A House of Ghosts, The Packed Carol Coffee, a brilliant book, Rory Stories. He was in with us last week, his new book, and Roar by Cecilia Hearn. Would you like to win them? They're all together. You have to come here and pick them up. That's the only proviso. Here's the question. Who is Cecilia Hearn's daddy? What's Celia Hearn, Cecilia Hearn's daddy's name? That's the question. Get texting, get WhatsApping straight away to 086-1800-658 with the answer in your name and details and we'll pick someone and you'll be reading till Christmas and beyond. Now we're turning the uh, airwaves over to our listeners because this was Margaret's idea last month and it's worked brilliantly, I have to say. She said, let's get a book and get it out to some LMFM listeners and see what they have to say about the book. Margaret's still with us on the show and we're going to hear in a moment from Elma McMahon and Geraldine Kelly. But first off, in studio with us, doing our first time ever review is Barbara Gleeson. Barbara, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me on the show this afternoon. Well, straight away, what did you make of this book? Um, the book itself, um, I really got very, very deep into it. I found it very, very surreal. Um, it brought me very, very much, very, very much into the, I suppose, the real facts and um, elements of, of um madness and, and truth and realism um, and I felt I was I was took so much inside the book um, So it got you it really engr- it re- yes. it engrossed you Would you be familiar with the courts and the systems and the law here much? Um, well truthfully speaking um, the book itself um, the head in the court system had, had actually grabbed my attention okay. um, and I suppose um, that really had um, I had an appetite to, to further more read and to yes. it Yes Okay, and you would you be regard yourself as a regular reader, somebody that reads a lot? No, I wouldn't be. This this book um, caught your attention. Yes, yeah. And our offer to you caught your attention yes, as well. Okay, yes. <laughs> so you're away now. So you read it from cover to cover. How would you rate it as as a read, as a thriller? Um, I'd I'd 
I'd rate it 8 out of 10. OK. Oh, my God, you've given it... Margaret, what do you think of that? She's given it a very good score, yeah, hasn't I think it's, first of all, it's absolutely fabulous that for somebody who's not um, a huge reader, took on this challenge. So, first of all, well done. It's really, it's <laughs> yes. great. It's like going back to school and being given an assignment, isn't it? Yeah. Like we're better crack. Um, so, I think, yeah, and you're right, In the Court's Hands is a very catching title. Um, yeah. I mean, it has a very distinctive cover. And... Um, First of all, to let the listeners know what the the book is about, this is about a stenographer, um, Beatrice, uh, who's working on a case, and uh, she when she's on a break, what she sees uh, um, somebody talking to the accused or to the defendant, and but then later sees that same girl talking to somebody else mm. on the Lewis, I think it was, and. Um, she's on the jury so straight away oh my god yeah she's like something is going on here a mistrial yeah but B is just a stenographer what does she do with this information this guy is um, the department of um, uh, public prosecutions have been after him for years he is Stephen O'Farrell and he is accused of possibly bringing down the banking system the economic system in Ireland so it's you know it's a big big story we've been following those trials in real life too so um, so it's that dilemma of what to do when you believe there's an association and it can impact on the trial and this is where it gets a bit surreal doesn't it? Mm. It, it it goes a little bit what are you doing yeah absolutely you know it really takes you inside and um you know again it gives you um it gives you a bigger openness and, and a snowball effect into, I suppose, the knit and gritty. And um, so very, very much surreal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it flashes back to 1981 um, and to B's story. And that was my favourite part of the book. I loved going mm. back to the 80s. And, um, you know, Fiona has done a great job of bringing back the fashion, the music, the atmosphere of that time. Okay. Even though I was only a young, a very young one I then, remember you know? it well. <laughs> Jerry, you might remember it a bit better. Do you? I yeah. remember it well, I have to <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah. Let's hear from Jerry. Geraldine Kelly, who's joining us on the line. Geraldine's on the line. Hello, Geraldine. Hello, Jerry. How are you? How are you? Are you keeping well? Great, thank you. Okay, we sent you out a copy of this book, Geraldine. I couldn't leave it down, Jerry. Really? I read it over three nights, and I've never read a thriller before. I read kind of more happy kind of books, you know? Yeah. Oh, she's a brilliant writer. Do you yes. think this yes. is your real uh, honest opinion you're giving us today? Oh, yes, it's a real page turner, Jerry. You know, you can't leave it down because you want to find out who's who and yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, and there's not too many characters in it which I like because I can't follow you when there's a whole lot of characters in it. Okay, you'd lose track, would yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was. I really loved it. Yeah. No, you'd normally be what a chiclet reader. Yes, that would be my kind you of... You love those, do biographies. you? biographies. I wouldn't really read thrillers, you know. Yeah, who's your favourite writer? Who do you like to read? I love um, Cathy Kelly and um, I would like um, Fiona, somebody, and <laughs> I can't even think of their names now, but I, all the Irish authors, I love, yes. you know. All so, them chip So this, you, you, you know, and you heard, you probably listened to Margaret there a moment ago, the time we're talking about the crash and a court case. Was it intriguing for you? Oh, very much so, because mm. I... I would know about some things like that. A friend of mine is a barrister. Yeah. And she'd often be telling me things. But it was so great because it's all about Dublin. Mm. So you knew where she was talking about. Yeah. You knew where they were going. Okay. And um, I like that. 
Margaret Madden wants to have a little word with you, yes? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was amazing. I thought Fiona Gartland did an amazing job of bringing uh, Dublin to life and yes. inside the courthouse. I've never been there, have you? Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I feel a plan. I feel like a road trip coming on. I actually feel <laughs> get on the Matthews coach now and go up and have a, a wander around. It really yeah. made you want to go into that building. I sat there one, I was brought there twice by somebody and I really enjoyed it, you know. I was hoping you weren't a defendant. No, no. <laughs> Definitely not. That yeah. woman's a saint, I can tell you. Yeah. And her friendships in it, the way she was able to have her friends in it was yeah. lovely as well. The, the 80s thread for me was lovely as well. Mm. It was, yeah. it was and lovely. afraid to trust anybody because everybody around her seemed to be yeah. cahoots with somebody else, didn't yes. they? Yeah. No spoilers yeah. now. No spoilers <laughs> is right. Geraldine, thank you. What would you give it out of 10 if you were to give it a mark? Oh, i give it 9 out of 10. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Fiona, my, my God. Yeah. She'll absolutely be de- delighted yeah. with you, to be honest, to, to hear of that Fiona Gartland. That's an 8 and a 9 we've got from our reviewers so far. Geraldine, you're busy there. You're de- making yeah. women beautiful, as usual, in your hair salon. Thank you so much for taking time to read the book. Thank you for sending me the book, Jerry. Not thank at you. all, Geraldine. Take bye care bye. of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Geraldine. Now, isn't that interesting? You gave it an 8. Yeah. Yes, Barbara, yourself. You give it an eight, Barbara. Uh, Geraldine's given it a nine. Now, let's see. We have Elma McMahon, who also got the book, right? And Elma can't be with us today, but she popped into me yesterday and I recorded her wee review of the book. So here's what Elma McMahon had to say about Fiona Gartland's In the Court's Hands. I didn't feel any affinity with the characters. Like, um, I read about Beatrice, but... I didn't really like her and seeing as she was a central character, I would have expected to have more affinity with her. Leo didn't seem to be very likeable. Lawrence, I didn't know what his purpose was. And then after a while, like when his purpose was clear, I was actually quite saddened by the book. And um, near the end of the book, it seemed to be almost moving into Nancy Drew territory or Eden Blyton. There was too many coincidences happening. It was like, okay, right, okay, that happened I didn't see that happening. How come that's a up or whatever else? It was a good book and I, I was glad that I read it. I, I wouldn't have been its biggest fan. So what would you say then overall about the book? I really like reading Irish writers. I think that um, they have a different way of, of writing the books. And Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
like I could see like where she was talking about like where she lived in Hoth or where she lived in Dublin or going on the Lewis like I was there on the journey as well because you're so familiar with where she's seeing it like you know I could see the sea like when she described that and, and she was very good at describing what she was seeing and what she was doing and you could see some of the humour or the Irish mammy or the Irish daddy and you're like going yeah that's exactly where I'm coming from and when she'd be talking about love or getting her heart broken you know you were there because it was intrinsically an Irish book like you know from an Irish perspective but it was just like the coincidence and maybe that's just because like I'm not completely familiar with like the guard um, stations or um, detectives or courts or whatever else like that it just seemed to be um, tied up far too nicely at the end. Overall if I was to give it a mark out of 10 I'd probably give it a 7 or an 8 out of 10 and this is her debut um, novel so it, it would be something that I'd look and I'd, I'd check her out again I'd go into the bookshop and if I saw a book by that I would buy it again to see um, what else she had in her because it was it was a good read like you know it was enjoyable and I did get up in the middle of the night and like start reading it like at 5 in the morning or whatever else which is always a good sign for me with books um, so I would check her out again. There you go, Margaret Madden. What about that from Elba? Very honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, and I totally get where she's coming from. Um, One of the... One of B's uh, friends in this um, is Detective Gabriel Ingram, well, retired. Mm. And he helps her through a little bit of investigation. And for me as well, I got really annoyed with B. And this is probably Fiona's intention. I got really annoyed with her that she wouldn't just tell somebody from the beginning um, what was going on. But she was trying to keep the case going and not have it fall apart. Yes. But I found that hard to kind of connect with too. Um, I thought Gabriel, the the detective himself, was, was fabulous, but a little little bit cliche you know the older guy who likes to drink who sits in the snug in the pub with his little notebook and has this massive range of friends that he can call on and they'll help him out straight away um i kind of maybe would would have liked him to be a little different yes but um uh, by saying you get up in the middle of the night and read it that's that's well, great. That's, that's an endorsement yeah, yeah. Uh, as elman would uh, and you heard uh, as well uh, geraldine saying how much it appealed to her yeah. as well and back to you barbara did you get up in the middle of the night i know you two young boys you're probably up anyway. I can say I did. No, um, I was very, very intre- interested to get further more into the book, you know, as I got very, very deep into it. Um, and I will go back to the last reviewer's point with regards to Lawrence. Lawrence was a brother um, of Beatrice B. And um, there was an awful lot of sadness in it. And mm. at, time, at times I got frustrated in the beginning because it was pulling from one area to another. But as you move through the book, it reflected upon the sadness. But it, it was very, for me, it was very surreal. Um, and me, myself as well, um, I've had experience in, in my employment and my, my area of employment in and out of the courts. So um, I suppose I connected very deeply with it. Okay, interesting. That's that you had as well from yeah. your point of view. That's great. I've enjoyed the three different perspectives. All the different angles, from the yeah. different, from the, And you know, it is, isn't reading, it's subjective. Yeah. You know, one one woman's meat is another man's poison, if you know I what think I mean. everybody agrees that the, the Dublin, the, the writing, descriptive passages were, were yes. amazing. And, and Elma like said see, that as well. Yeah, I'd like you to were see more of that. You yeah. could see it as well. Yeah. Great for a first one.
Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I can't wait to see the next one now, see what happens. Fiona, next one, please. Yeah. We're waiting. Get cracking. Get cracking on it as soon as you can. <laughs> anyway, we have to get cracking on in the show. Thank you so much, Barbara Gleeson, for coming in to join Thank us today. So it's been a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for doing that wee job for us. And to Geraldine Kelly and, of course, uh, our own Elma McMahon as well. Thank you indeed. But to Margaret Madden, as usual. Thank you for your wonderful recommendations. Great, great You make company. reading so... Uh, I, I would say your recommendations are hung on by so many people, and I know this... And she will be back in December with her book of the year oh, to Lord. tell us about. We're looking forward <laughs> to, to pick that. It now. <laughs> you will indeed. Till the next time. Thank you very much indeed. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. My next guest on Late Lunch this Friday afternoon is one of the co-founders of the Midloud Camera Club who are holding their biannual Members Photographic Exhibition this weekend in Dunleer. It begins this evening, tomorrow and Sunday. But when he walked in, I, I talked to him on the phone, but when he walked in, I knew him straight away and I'll tell you why. He worked as a service engineer with Murphy's TV in Drogheda, listen to this, for 40 years. And more recently, he's come through a major challenge to his good health. I'm delighted to welcome Teddy Cam- to late lunch this afternoon. Teddy, good to see you. Thank you, Jerry. I Thank did you. recognise you when I went out there to pick you up at a reception. I know who you are now. Let's first of all talk about the camera club, the camera club, and step back 23 years to 1995. Who, why, what did it happen? Well, a few people uh, got together, mainly Derek Chute and John McCone, Francis Corrigan, David Corrigan. And uh, they brought a few people together that was interested in photography. Right. And including myself. And uh, there's some of the names. Derek Chute was the, our chairman for 10 years. And uh, then there was a few more. Kevin Sheeran, who, who you know. Yes. And uh, myself and Margaret McCall, Angela Callan. And Joe McDermott. Oh, the famous Joe. Joe. Yes. <laughs> Team Carry, official <laughs> photographer, and lots oh, more yes. besides. Yeah. So all those names are involved. But why a Midloud club? What, what said it? Were they members of other clubs or were they just independent yeah, photographers yeah, or what? Yeah, a few, a few of them would, would have been members of other clubs okay. at the time. Right. Maybe. But uh, there, was, there was just for the Midloud area, you had the two big clubs, uh, Drogheda and Dundalk. Yeah. Uh, photographic societies, you know, at that time. So we decided to, to form that club. And it was a small club at first, you know, and then. Uh, but Derek Chute was the the core there for for ten years. Yes. And then uh, it gradually kind of built up, and and uh, we used to have our meetings in in Desi Connors in in Main Street on Leah, who provided us with a room there, a meeting room, and for a room for our exhibition for what for or for years, right up until probably about six years ago. The club the club kind of outgrew the. The, 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 the Isn't that a great story? So you yeah. have grown in numbers. How many members would you have today? We have our membership varies. Yeah, it, 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 uh, we have we have about thirty eight or thirty nine now at the moment. Yes, uh, maybe a year or two ago was up at the fifty mark. Was it? Yeah, you know, so it great. fluctuates. And you've members, I know, from Balbriggan to Dundalk. That sort of line, isn't we it? Have, yeah, and yes. then into Mid Loud and beyond as yes, well. Yeah. yeah. At the beginning, it was only Mid Loud. Yeah. Uh, in that area, but uh, in in recent years now, has you know, it's extended. It's extended. Yeah. Will all those be displaying in this uh, yes exhibition? Yes. Everybody, yes. Every, all there'll every, be something from every member. Every there. member, isn't yeah. that great? That, that's just you know, every member. We love to see you know maybe three, four images per mm. member, 
and uh, the the boys are below Joe and Kevin and walking home, away and uh, walking away getting her together for this <laughs> evening because it opens tonight at 8 o'clock and thank you for the honour you've asked me down to open it for you and I'm delighted to be going there this evening so it opens at 8 tonight and it runs tomorrow and Sunday tomorrow tomorrow from 11 to 5 and Sunday from 11 to 5 and it's in St Bridget's Hall St Bridget's Hall it's on the main street in Dunlear opposite just, Wogan's just opposite Wogan's exactly. you can't miss it you can't miss it folks it's free it's free it's free 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 free, free. this week Free, no, 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 no attachments at all. <laughs> Isn't that and tea and brilliant. goodies and all that tonight? Great stuff. Uh, so look at that. St- it starts this evening. Is a camera club a serious business? How often do you meet? Well, we meet once a week. Uh, for the season starts in September up to uh, December, and then the the second part is January to May, and then after that uh, we kind of uh, retire for the summer and go out and do, you know take keep, the photographs, keep, keep busy with the, yeah, with the, with with the, the cameras and. and it, it's competitive photography. You, it, you, you you go up against other clubs. Yes, yes. we do. We do. We try to keep it. Uh, it's a social. We try to keep a club a social yeah. club, mm. uh, which is kind of maybe hard to do. But uh, we do. I think we manage it reasonably well. We kind of help one another out. Uh, but we do take part. We're affiliated to the IPF. That's the national body for Irish Photographic Federation. And uh, we do take part in, in competitions, mm. local and, and nationally. And also, uh, we have inter-club challenges as well. Yes. And uh, also, we, 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 uh, we have um, competitions within the club. Okay. Uh, we have two before Christmas and two after Christmas. And do know. photographers take shots of everything and anything? Or do some guys specialise in aspects of photography? Some guys specialise in certain aspects of photography. Uh, my, my thing would be macro Photography, which uh, is explain a, that a, 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 a very you know, insects, wildlife, fauna, and flora. That's what you that love. Kind of That's what I, I like. like you, I Teddy. I like you even more now <laughs> because I have a great love of the outdoors as yeah, well. Fantastic. So, 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 so will yeah. I see a few of those tonight? Of oh, yours? Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I'm really looking yeah. forward to that even more. Um, so people do different aspects of this. Um, when did you start taking pictures? Was it before this club was formed? Just before I say that, uh, we just love to see new members come along. Yeah, and we're a little bit low on female. Okay. Yeah, remember, so it'd be lovely to see uh, girls, you know, more, more girls, the boys yeah. from Mid Loud, won't you? Yeah. Where are you? <laughs> Come on. Come to Dunlear tonight for 8 o'clock or over the weekend exactly. and there's an opportunity there. So we're looking for, for, for members and especially women or girls to join the club. So there's an appeal from Teddy today. How long have you had a camera? I have had a camera. I was just thinking that before I came into you. I have a camera probably, oh, since about f- over 50 years, I'd say. Have you? Yeah. Do you remember your first one? I I don't remember that there was we had, I had a few just basic yeah instamatics yeah but then I remember now Killarney we were in Killarney betting on myself it's probably I don't know whether it was on honeymoon or whether maybe it was a year after we were married I'm not sure but it's about forty six forty eight years ago really and uh, going into this uh, pharmacy chemist and uh, buying the first camera. It was a very basic crude camera, and it was uh, it was it was just it had a light meter, it had an aperture ring and a shutter speed control on it, and a fixed lens. I don't even the lens even was at it was at a funny angle to the body, so it wouldn't it, it. But it was just it learned me the basics of photography. Was it black and white or color? It was it was well you could do both. Do either on do it. Both. It was film that time. And did you do all your own? Did you learn then? No, to I didn't. That was one thing I fell back and I didn't do that. I used to shoot mostly slide slide. Okay. Film. Okay. And uh, right up until the change, until 2004. But that shop in Killarney, only about two years ago, 
I went back to it just to see. And I went in and uh, met, met, met this girl. Of course, she didn't know, but she said, hold on a minute. And this man came out. He was probably about the same age as myself. Uh, and I thought that was the man I bought it from. But it wasn't. It was his dad. And his dad was 98 or 99 years old. And he said his dad was still upstairs. <laughs> but I could remember the shop as it was. Well, you time. bought that first well, camera. I bought that first Why camera. do you say 2004 was a watershed? It was, well, that was a changeover with me, anyway, mm. uh, from, from film to digital. Okay. And uh, At that stage it at happened. At that stage. You didn't have a dark room or anything like that. I've gone no. in with the liquids and all no, that type no, of stuff. No, I didn't, know. But, but no. a lot of your guys would have done would that. would have done. Our members uh, as yes, well. Yes, they would have, yeah. yeah. When you think of it today, the difference. You know, yes. Teddy, everyone thinks they're a photographer today. Do you know that? Oh, I know Look that. Look at my camera fr- there beside me. Yeah. Do you see my camera Phones. there? Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But come on. This well, is, I'm an imposter, <laughs> aren't I? I'm an imposter. People who think they're photographers. Well, a girl showed me a picture. She's interested in photography. She was doing some macro with a phone mm. but it just doesn't work you know mm. it's, it's, you need the camera do you? you need the camera you need other equipment with it because it's, it's you have to be extremely steady with your camera uh, for macro photography because you're so close up and the, you know the depth of field as we call it what you see is in focus it's very shallow yeah so what do you shoot with what's your preferred camera today well the camera that I had unfortunately I had Pentax back until I can't remember the year when it was but everything was stolen on me down at uh, down at Port oh, just no. I'd been at Port Graveyard where my parents are buried and it was only about two three minutes and gone car was broken into car, the car was broken into from the, the blind side uh, all of my stuff was taken lenses camera the whole lot and I didn't realise it was taken until I went home and I found the boot. I, I couldn't remember leaving the boot open. Then she opened the boot, the whole thing was, was, gone. was gone. That must be like losing a it big part of your life. Absolutely. Mm. Your camera goes everywhere. But so then, then I changed over to Canon. Okay, and, and so that's, that's what you use Canon, now, is That's it? what I use now. You know. Well, Teddy, you've had a response already and a number of responses to your appeals for uh, women and girls and females. Just, just asking there, can teenage girls join? I think it's 18, is it? 18, well, yeah. I, th- I think myself yeah, yeah. 18. Eight, we'll check yeah, that out, we, but we, it, it we seems to be 18. It and it's 60 for the year or 30 for the half, the half year. year. So if you want to try it after the Christmas, uh, they're in the full session to summer, it's 30 year if you want to give it a go with the Midloud Camera Club. God, you have many strings to your bow. Listen to this. Hi Jerry. Teddy was a brilliant coach with the Drogheda Swimming Club in the old swimming pool in Drogheda. What a brilliant volunteer and hard worker and it was always a pleasure to work with him, says Olive Hanlon this afternoon. Olive, I met Olive been in two t- weeks ago. Yeah, she's listening to you today. <laughs> now uh, look, when you walked in, I mentioned Murphy's TV and I want to say hello to Oliver and all the crew down there today. 40 years. 40 years, yeah. It was the first, uh, when they started up in 64, or very early 65. I went there in 65, 1965. Black and white. Black and white. Black and white up until about 1968, I think. Nothing yeah. else, Teddy. N- nothing else. And the first colour were huge. Do you remember the first colours oh, I do. In? Oh, clearly, yeah. And was yeah. there a demand for colour then, big, straight big, away? Big. Not straight away. Mm. No, not straight away. Uh, it was a very... It was a, it was, it, it, Took off reasonably quick, I suppose. Yes. Within two or three years, but the the first colour sets were huge. They were, I I, I haven't. It, it would just take first two men to lift. <laughs> and they were know. deep as well deep, as, yeah. as wide. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I can remember this. Most people early doors rented TVs, didn't yeah. they? And yeah. you were the maintenance man. That's right. You? That's right. So you went yeah. out fixing. I went out fixing and met uh, uh, so many people. From Teddy round. round 
<laughs> Teddy, I know, I know. Should we see this man? You know, Teddy, my mother. If I heard this once, I heard the tube. Oh, the tube. If the tube goes, if the tube goes, we're ruined. That's poor, poor Willie Moth, a lot of medicine from the Fair Green, used to say that. If my tubes are gone. That's yeah. <laughs> it was the big worry with a yeah, television, yeah, wasn't it? It was, yeah. But you guys, besides all the rentals you had, hadn't you all the hospitals? We had all the hospitals. The, the Lord's Hospital, the Cottage Hospital, St Mary's, the Dublin Road, the whole lot, yeah. Yeah, it was, and St Mary's from Cow. My God, uh, you yeah. had there was some business there. You, it was. You loved what you did for all those years, didn't yes, you? Yeah, yeah, I did. And it was just I was on the road, and uh, it was great because the, every day was different. Mm. You went out there and you met so many people, and my God, some fantastic people that would stay in your mind forever. Mm. And they, st- I'm sure people still come up to you and say, "Oh, they Teddy, do. hello." They do. they do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same from the swimming club. A lot of those children have grown up. They're adults. They're married. You meet them in West Street. They you know, know you. And, and they know you. Isn't and it? Isn't you, that, you, you have to look. Ah, that's a lovely <laughs> recognition, though, Teddy. I have to say, it, it really is. But the business kept evolving and kept changing, even though it may have stopped. You know, you went to colour then, and then the sets got smaller and smarter. Eventually, Murphy's closed, what, 2005, was it? No, 2005, I, I was... Oh, did you I, go? I, I went. You, you left at that yeah, stage? Yeah, 2005. Okay. It closed, I think, maybe 2000, and about three, four, four years, maybe later. After that? Yeah. It, but the it, business had changed The business entirely, completely changed. Yeah. You know, it completely changed. Where did it. you go after that? I I was, well, we I went, uh, myself and Joe, mm. we went to... That was uh, Joe who? Joe McDermott. Okay. Yeah, Joe. The famous uh, Joe. The famous Joe. Uh, we went to Dundalk to uh, a man called Richard Mackin, mm. uh, Photo Express, okay. and we did area photography for him. Right. And uh, we used to go around with a van with a 60-foot shaft on the back and a, and a remote control camera this was on the very top. before drones. Before drones, Exactly. And of course, then drones came, and, and the crash happened. The crash and the crash happened in two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. We used to do property and all that type of thing, and uh, we had helicopter runs as well, mm. which we enjoyed. Yes, but uh, we had to get it right up there, you know, because mm. a helicopter's a, an expensive piece of equipment of to course. have it hired out for. Of course, but uh, yeah, it was Photo Express, Richard Mackin, and Dundalk. We mm. spent uh, probably that finished up with that around two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, mm. around that time. So then. And kind of we went on on our own, doing our own thing with photography and, yeah. uh, you know, a few weddings here and there. And You're all. working on <laughs> your passion and what but, you love now and yeah. enjoying this time of your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You had a big challenge to the old health recently. That's right. Uh, January 2016, I was diagnosed with bowel cancer and, and uh, had major surgery and uh, radiotherapy and all that. But uh, as I say, as soon as I was able to creep, I had the camera back in the hand, <laughs> away. <laughs> and away it went. You've made a great recovery. Yeah, thank God I have. Yeah. Thank God I'm, lo- I'm lucky, you know. It was I'm a tough battle, one. was it, Teddy? Yeah. yeah it, wa- it was tough. It was terrible. You were just devastated at the time. Mm. But uh, well, thank God we met, uh, you know, Sharif al Mazari. He's, he's one, he's a, a consultant there in Beaumont and in the Lords. Yes. But. Uh, he was fantastic, you know. Yeah. He was very reassuring, drew a plan out what was going to happen, and we went ahead. You just don't, you just, all you want to do is get it done and get better. Yeah. You know, it's afterwards the realization maybe hits you. Yeah. But, uh, of what you've been through. What you've been through, um, yeah. And you're kind of, you know, that bit of mm. nervous again. But thank mm. God, so far, so yeah. good. How long are you married? Married for 47 years to, be- you, to you, Betty. You went to Killarney, wasn't we, it? We went to, we went to Killarney on our honeymoon, I know. Yeah. The Isle of Man for the first few days and then Killarney after yeah. that. I want to say hello to Betty this afternoon and, and that's a, a, a great stint, may I say, all those years. And you have three grown-up children. We have children. three grown-up children, yeah. yeah. There are Fiona, 
uh, Fiona and her husband Damien and the three children, grandchildren, Mia, Abby and Evan. And uh, we have Valerie and, and JP Brennan up in, in Malahide and uh, little Sean and Kieran and Kenneth and June. My son is only over the road. Oh, great. And they're getting married in March. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Life is good, isn't it? Great. Anyway, you did want to mention Connors again. And yes, them. it's just Desi Connor. Uh, Desi has is such you know, a gentleman there in Dunleer and he has given us free access to the whole of the premises mm. for years for 15, 18 years. And just to thank Desi for that, it was really, you know, it was, it, it was never never a problem with Desi. Yeah, and uh, you have a very special guy among your membership, a yes. fellow called John Madden. John Madden, yeah. He's just uh, uh, won a, 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 um, an international gold medal. Uh, for, it's, it's, it's Salons. You know, you, you, you send on your images and they're judged by international yes. judges and all yeah. that. But uh, yeah, Well done so, to John. Yeah, to John. Congratulations to yeah. him. And also just have to mention uh, Richie, uh, Richie Hatch. <laughs> uh, Richie will more than me for this, but uh, he's our central core there. Yeah. He's an honorary member. And uh, he's 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 always there. Technical advice, you know, the whole lot. He's there, he Father. Ha- he has the knowledge. Okay, well, listen, we're going to leave it there for today. Midloud Camera Club uh, exhibition opening tonight, eight o'clock. Yours truly will be there. St Bridget's Hall, Dunleer, and again tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. Teddy Caffrey. Jerry, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's great. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. He's been top of the pops, as I said, for over six decades. One of Ireland's most loved and popular singers ever, whose trademark window-cleaning wave is synonymous with the man and his music. Sonny Knowles, you're so welcome to The Late Lunch. Thank you very much indeed, Jerry. How are you? How are you, I should ask, because you are looking a million dollars. Yeah, well, I'm grand now, but a couple of years between now and, say, two years back, I had what they jokingly call my shark attacks. I had two bouts of cancer, but I came out of both of them, and I'm still knocking about, and they're still... They can't put me down. It's as simple as that. There is no way they'll ever put you down. I don't believe it. Tell us, you're only back in Ireland. You've been away for a while. I was in Australia to see my children. All the little hiccups and so on that I got. I said, there's no time to go and see them. They all live there. My daughter's son and uh, their, their children, which is my grandchildren. So I figured, like, before any more scares come along. So we went over for, and we spent, st- uh, let me think how long we were, four months in Perth. So your whole family is over there at the moment? All, uh, the, I'm the only one left. I think I must have had bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ever consider going over there yourself? They wanted me to do that a few years back, but I'm a dyed-in-the-wool paddy. It's as simple as that. And uh, all the things I've done over my life, done with the, the dance bands, the show bands, the cabaret, the bits and pieces, like... That's all got to nothing if I go to Perth because nobody basically knows me there anyway. And if you go to the Odd Irish Club, there's, there are enough people there that would remember you from here. One or two would, but it's better. And, and I'm, I'm a giant in the wall. So that's it. It's and here for, for, the, for the foreseeable future. That's, that's it. for sure, yeah, absolutely. You're back performing but, again. And funny enough, when I got... Coming home, we went to stay there because my son's birthday was accorded in April. My wife's sister, Mary, uh, uh, 
Now, Anne, sorry, she's a twin. She's an identical twin. So Anne, it was her birthday. So I decided when we were over there, we'd see them all and get a, a long stint holiday with them. But when uh, coming back the whole trip, I got back as far as Amsterdam, which was to be my last leg of the journey. To yes. Change flights at uh, Amsterdam. And uh, I just got in. I asked, where do I go? Aer Lingus desk. Oh, yeah, over there. And I went, found you. And I said, uh, more sorry, your flight's cancelled. Now, I understand postponed. I understand uh, it's not in yet. I understand that you are too late. You've missed it. I will understand you're asleep when we're calling. So I says, what's this... Uh, Cancelled. So, well, there's a there's a, there's a, a storm or a, a high. What do you call these things a in a, yeah. vo- a volcano? Thank you, Raymond. Yes, a volcano in Iceland. I says, what the hell has Iceland got to do with me in Barcelona or in uh, uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam? So anyway, when it all came together, there's this ash in the air, and they couldn't fly. It was coming across the flight paths. Yes. So we were told, well, it'll be a couple of days so I booked a hotel real quick for the, the two days to make sure because now the, the entire airport was closed all, down closed down mm. and all England was closed down and all Europe was closed so we got in luckily enough into a hotel and we booked it for two nights we stayed there but on the second day we used to have to come up every day there was a shuttle bus attached to the whole situation we used to come up every day and get a chat with a girl from Aer Lingus and uh, she was wonderful in her own way. Every day we'd go in, she'd book us in the next day for a flight, just in case it ended up But going. as it turned out, one of the days she was there. Six days later, though, it happened that the, air, the airlines opened up again. So we had to spend six days in Amsterdam. No, it's okay saying, oh, you must have had a great time. We, we didn't, because every day you were going up to see, was there any chance of this, any chance of that? Excuse me. So that was the way it went. We do, we went to see a few things like the the canals and the, the you know this tulips tulips from Amsterdam. Yes. We went to see where they all grow and they're all manufactured and all that. We had a s- sort of a decent time. But, but you got home eventually. We got home on the sixth day. And we? I mentioned to you that you're back gigging again. Were you worried that you might be stranded over there and and miss the series of gigs now? Well, I, I was in a way, but luckily enough for me, I had booked out to go out to the family for the, the four months. Yes. So I made sure to leave behind that. Plenty of time. It was another month. Okay. So that when I would get home, I could get over the jet lag and, you know, and get the contacts made, all the people that had me fixed for the few gigs. So, and like, I don't have, I don't do as many as I used to do. Sure. It's just that, like, the body's a lot older and I've been, I've had my illnesses and that. But I'm able to do what... It, what is given to me and what I like to be able to do. Yes. And that's, that's the way it is. So I didn't have too much stress except getting home and getting over the, the, the jet lag because I was jet lag getting into Amsterdam and I thought if I had got to Dublin, I could have slept for that week. Yes. But here we were in Amsterdam walking around back and forward and not getting a full proper rest. But so, you're home now and I'm you have here, a gig coming up here locally. You're in the venue retote next Friday. Absolutely. Are yeah. you looking forward to it? I, well, I'm looking forward to getting back singing again. Yeah. I really am. Have you been, you've been off for a while now? I've been off now for... Um, the, the, see, I needed a long, long 
uh, recuperation. Is that, yes. a, is that a real That's word? That's the word. That well, is did the I word. get it right? Yeah, got it 100%. Say, yeah, I didn't learn that in jail. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, it was great. But I needed that long rest to go there. That's where we went for that long yes. holiday to get better and see. So you're now up and running and fit and up ready and running to go. Up and fit now as a butcher's dog. I want to talk to you about uh, your many appearances in this region because you spent a lot of time uh, performing around the northeast. I did indeed. You know that. I, I spat. In fact, I was back in the old uh, Dermot. I was in the Pacific Show Band, but before the after the Pacific Show Band, I went to Dermot O'Brien. And he, he look, comes from RD. That's right. So we did a lot of work between Drogheda, Dundalk, Mellifont, and all these places around here, very close. Clarehead, do you remember? Clarehead, I used, and I was always corrected for saying Clarehead, you know, the, the typical Dublin. And he says, it's not Clarehead, it's Clarehead. The way it just runs the one way it into runs the other. off the tongue. Yes. You know? So I had to learn that. And uh, one of the fellas that put me right, and he, he's a Drogheda fella. And he plays trumpet. And I just want to say hello to him, Willie Healy. He used to play with me in Denver O'Brien's band. And him and his wife, he, he plays trumpet and made a record here and donated it to charity. So, Willie, if you happen to be listening, and Mrs. Healy, how are you? And I'm still standing upright all by myself, Willie. <laughs> and there was another man uh, you mentioned from the Glenn Miller legacy. That's right. Lord rest his soul, Louis Smith. He, he had this big band, four trumpets, five saxophones, three or four trombones. But one of the times, uh, the, the baritone sax player wasn't available, I was away on a holiday. And Willie knew that I'd played saxophone and he recommended me to the late Louis, Lord rest him. So he says, I didn't know Sonny played. Well, Louis, uh, Willie said, well, not many do, but he's a, a really good reader. So I got in and I played for a long time. With, and Louis only passed away. Only passed away. Yeah. Just you were away at the time. I was away at the time. Around uh, Valentine's Day That's this correct, year. Yeah. He was. He was Mr. Music as he well. He was indeed. He? Yeah. And I often done when when he would have a smaller band out in in uh, Betty's Town. There's a hotel in Betty's Town. Yes. There. Well, the, the the Neptune was there. It was probably the Neptune Union. It was probably the Neptune. Yes, and yeah. it was every Saturday or every Sunday oh, afternoon. Oh, the village. The village was there. The as well. village. Yeah. And I used to play with those in the small band. Willie, myself, and and uh, Louis, and the rhythm, the drums, piano. All out so there. So I just wanted to get all those hellos. Oh, no, you've got them in. And listen, you'll give us a few bars, won't you, before Well, we're leave. battling away with a little sound system to yeah. make it up so that oh, we're it won't get it sound baldy, you know. <laughs> baldy, bald. or with a head full of hair, Sonny Knowles sounds good no matter what. Sonny Knowles, my special guest on The Late Lunch this afternoon. And I want to welcome Ray Clifford on keyboard. He's you, here. Ray. Your right-hand man. Absolutely, absolutely. And if I had three hands, he'd be my left middle man, I'll tell you that. Ray, you're very welcome to the Thank show. Sure, Thanks for joining us. And we are nearly ready to go with the music at this stage. Can I ask you something? Uh, what do you remember of Butlins? Everything. Every single thing. And the things I don't remember, I don't want to remember. <laughs> now, was it, it that type of time? Was it just... It was a great time. I was with Neil Cairns at the time. And when I joined Neil, he had... Um, he, he used to play in the summer in the Bray, in the Bray, the Arcadia Bray. Now, when I joined him, now, Bray was ideal for me because it was back in Dublin. I used to go to work each night from home. But when I joined Neil, I had one season with, with Bray, and that it ended, and he got Mosney. Now, the only thing about Mosney was a great place, but 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Home-wise, it wasn't, because you, you had to stay there. You had to stay there for the summer. So, so you, you lived there? I had to, you know, and used to come off and as a... You may laugh. It was. It wasn't. You. You couldn't. You couldn't. Yeah. Your manager was in terrible trouble with the place, because you were away from home and you came off um, Tuesday, Tuesday morning, and you spent Tuesday at home and you came. You spent Tuesday night, Wednesday at home. Then you were back on, but you lost all the weekends. You lost the entire summer. So that way, I didn't. But I spent two or three seasons there. And then I went back to join Errol Gill, which meant I was doing the same thing as I was doing home most of the time and just doing the gigs. Yes. But I had a great time with it. When you, when you look at musically, it was fabulous. But the, the, the inconvenience wasn't great for me. Are you going to sing for us? Well, have a little bit. Now, this for anybody listening. Um, just having a stab at a few little sing-alongs. But we're, we've, we've made up a little with Ray, a little... Was it, you wouldn't call it a, a homemade situa- situation, would you, Ray? What would you call it? Oh, yeah. We got it together. We got a little sound system together at the last minute, and it's, all, it's working. And I have a few songs in my head, so if I throw that at you, right, we'll do the best we can. Sonny, take the floor. These are all in the key of C, for starters. And when I get tired, I'll stop and I'll change the key. <laughs> all right, am I in C now, Ray? Yes, sir. There's nothing left for me Of days that used to be There's just a memory Among my souvenirs Some letters tied with blue A photograph or two I see a rose from you among my souvenirs. A few more tokens rest within my treasure chest. And though they do their best to bring me consolation, I count them all apart. And as the teardrops that you're waving your hands, I can see it. I find a broken heart among my souvenirs. Jerry's arms will fall off here. I have to do the window cleaning. He's, he's clean. You have to use your sleeve to do this. Yes. You get your sleeve out. Okay. Right. That's perfect. Am I doing it right now, Sonny? Yes, you got it. Am I in the same key again, Ray? There's nothing left for me. Of days that used to be There's just a memory Among my souvenirs Be sure it's true When you say I love you It's a sin to tell a lie been broken just because those words were spoken I love you yes I Ah, yes, and Sonny, we love you too. Rest in peace. What a great man he was. I'll always remember that day. I had a lovely time with him here in studio. And that full interview 
will be podcast after the show. LMFM.ie, our Facebook page, etc. If you want to have a listen to it in full, may he rest in peace. He was a wonderful, wonderful man who brought joy and happiness to so many people over the years. And uh, we've had a message from Pauline Christie from Trim, who met him on many occasions as well. And I'm sure many, many people did. And he brought joy to so many people's lives. That's our lot on Late Lunch for this week and this Friday afternoon. Thanks to Sinead Brazel, who's been piloting me all week. Thanks a million, Sinead, to our guests, our regulars, and you, our listeners, who join us every single day and make this what it is. Have a lovely weekend, and we'll be back with a brand new week of Late Lunch from Monday at half one. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.